Hello, Slate Plus. How are you? Uh, if if we were if this were a true introduction to the Slate Plus segment, we would play Hail to the Chief, and we would all rise probably. Uh, because this is a segment about John's interview with President Obama this past week. And John, I think you've interviewed presidents a bunch of times, certainly President Bush. I think, it, you know, this was a good occasion. You had a, you had the occasion of a big televised interview with the president. So I'm interested, and I thought maybe Slate Plus listeners would be interested in less in the substance because people can go watch the interview and, and read about what the president and really said. who cares about substance well i just like you know yes it, I, agree. It's just like, no, no, I want to hear about that's very public i want to hear about like how how it happens like what it, what you know what's the process by which you do it you know what do you wear what happens off camera who's in the room all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh okay well how far back do you want to do go? you get do you make those giggly noises do yeah you do that with the president yeah, that exactly is, that is not good um, that's not good uh well it depends how far back you want to go i mean so i've Single-celled organisms. Exactly. First, the Earth cooled. I actually have been in small groups of people with the president, in but I've never interviewed him one-on-one. I I did. I interviewed George W. Bush one-on-one many times, but um, but not this president. Really, where it all started was like the Fresca projects that you initiated at Slate so many years ago when I wrote as one of my um, long-term, long-form projects that series on the presidency. It forced me to put down and investigate all these ideas that I kind of had had over the years covering presidential politics, but about what are the attributes required for a president who's actually in office. Several months ago, Obama was giving a um, press conference in which he was talking about the coverage of the campaign and, you know, basically saying it needed to be a little more serious because this is, you know, the presidency is no like kidding around job. So I sent a note to the press secretary saying, well, you know, okay, if he wants to do that, let's We'd like to do an interview that's about what the job requires and how voters, regardless of who's elected, how they should think about what skills the president needs while we're in this process that's supposed to be about evaluating some whether somebody can actually do the job. I didn't I never heard back. Um, But then I did hear back while we were getting ready to go on stage at the Warner Theater and they said, "Okay, we'll take you up on the on that offer. And so I said, well, we're you know, obviously it'll be just an interview that has to deal with news of the day too. So it put, got together, put together very quickly, flew on a plane Thursday night after the Democratic or Republican convention to New York, woke up, did CBS this morning, got on a train, went down to Washington, went to the White House at two o'clock for the three o'clock interview. Um, the interview, the... Who, who, who's with you? Oh, I was with, with Mary, uh, Mary Hager, the executive producer of Face the Nation. As I started putting together the questions basically right after I knew this was going to happen. The news of the week questions, and then there are the <laughs> probably, you know, 100 questions I've had over the years that I've been collecting that I used as a part of that series that I think about all the time in covering presidents and covering campaigns and certainly with Whistle Stop, thinking about what does it take to be in the job? And people can watch the interview for some of the ones that were asked. Unfortunately, I have many, 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 many more questions than was able to ask in the period of time. So we go to the White House and there's a, um, we hung out and just waited. And then we had five minutes in the Oval Office, which was before the actual interview. So I went in and I don't like the president doesn't, I mean, I don't know if he has any idea who I am or whatever, but he, he, uh, we talked in the Oval Office about what it would be like, what it would be like on his last days in there and how he sort of reflects on, on leaving the office. Then we went upstairs, then we walked 
the two of us in that colonnade between his office and the rest of the West Wing, which... Uh, Is that outdoors? It's outdoors, yeah. It was nice and steamy for our walk. Um, oh. And we talked about our kids. You know, then he led me up some narrow back stairway into the dining room where the interview was set to take place, which is there were, you know, lights and chairs and monitors and cables everywhere. It's a, it's amazing what the techs do at CBS. And I've now seen this in so many different interviews where, I mean, it's an amazing technological achievement to get all the cameras going, all the sound equipment going, all the lights and just set it up super quickly in a complicated space. And so then we sat down. The challenge was how to work in, you know, the attack. That, do they mic the president? Yeah. Or they, or there's a boom. They, they mic. Yeah. They okay. mic the president. And then we had, you know, there were so many topics and the president, you can, you can ascribe this either to craftiness or his uh, deliberative way of thinking, but he is a very slow speaker. And, that's in part because he's actually thinking through what he wants to say, but it's also perhaps a way to run the clock out. But he was game for the questions, obviously the news of the day questions he could sort of anticipate, but I asked him some, you know, a lot of the questions were not your kind of standard ones. And he clearly had thought through what he thinks it takes to be president and had idea, you know, I asked him, for example, if honesty was overrated as a presidential quality, because some of our best presidents have been, super successfully liars dishonest in their treatment in their dealings dissemblers I mean, dissemblers with fdr and lincoln being two quite good examples of that and so he had answers that were the product of thought that had clearly taken place beforehand and not by that i don't mean talking points i mean you know he has a view on these questions he was game with the with the questions which is a uh which no matter who you're interviewing and this is true uh uh, you know, it's just a, whether you're interviewing Donald Trump or President Obama, if they engage with the question, um, it's a it, it's nice because you spend so much time interviewing people who do not want to engage with the question. Anyway, I had lots and lots of questions I was unable to ask because we ran out of time. But it was um, it was great to find. How do they run? the? Do they tell you you have an hour and then you you wrap wrap it or they they're like, we got to call this Josh Ernest. Like, yeah. Spinning his finger God, I wish, like, I, like he's me. Yeah, I wish I wish I had an hour. Yeah, no, they told us we had 20 minutes. And then my yeah. executive producer, Mary Hager, gives like flashes her fingers as I'm talking to tell me how many minutes are going. Uh, and then when we get to the final time, you can start to feel the tension in the room as they're you know trying to get you to rap. And as you're thinking, oh, gee, I really want to ask this question, this question, this question, but we're not going to have enough time. So which one do I pick? Which which one's the one that's going to be the most illuminating? I mean, that happens with every interview, but with this one in particular, because the set of topics, I mean, we talked about race in America and we talked about Donald Trump and we, you know, so stuff that was more in the news, but on the, on the presidential skills questions, I mean, these are questions I've had in my computer for, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, so there were just a lot of them. And another thing that and I... was that what you were the most interested in? Because it felt the most like that's sort of your territory and the most special? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's really there are only there are basically five people on the planet who can answer these questions. And he's the one with the most direct experience and knowledge about them. And when he started answering these questions, the first thing he said was, I'm biased. So you have to, you know, because I want Hillary Clinton to be elected. And he said, but I will try to answer these as objectively as possible, which 
in and of itself is just I wish that were true of every politician. We now, of course, I'm not saying that he suddenly like gave himself some sodium pentothal and was answering purely honestly, because clearly when I was asking him about Hillary Clinton, you know, he was being a, a Hillary Clinton supporter. So but because these questions are about just what the job requires, what happens on a given day? I mean, in 72 hours, he had to deal with the terrorist attack in, in Nice. He had to speak at the memorial service for the five Dallas police officers who were shot. And he had to monitor the coup attempt in Turkey and purge uh, afterward. That's that's a busy set of times. And just I was talking about kind of how you manage all that, what attributes are required to get through a job that has those kinds of crises in such a close period of time. That set of questions can just go on forever. And there's really only one person you can ask about that kind of stuff because there's only one person who has that job. It was basically David's working podcast, but of the president. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. cool. Did, um, so, it en- so it ends. What happens when it ends? Uh, he shakes your hand and then he says, do you want to get a picture with everybody? And the whole crew um, comes and sort of lines up behind him and, and takes a picture um, uh, with the president. And, uh, you know, for some. Is that his photographer or your photographer? Uh, I don't know who took the picture. Might have been just is his photographer with him the whole time. His picture, his photographer usually is with him all the time. I don't know if he was in there because there were so many people in the room mm-hmm. that it's hard to know. But I hope sometime I'll be able, maybe even after he's out of office, I've, I've made. I've made this offer to Clinton and George W. Bush to interview them about what the job requires and have been turned down by both of them. But um, it would it would be great to get him on the rest of the questions on the list after he's out of office, because I think it's important not just for the picking of presidents, but also to reset our expectations about what we what can be accomplished by the in the job itself. So that when we're evaluating what presidents do in office, we can say this is realistic this is unrealistic. Or back to David's very good point about the role of idealism in politics. This is unrealistic, and yet we must still keep striving towards it because keeping our eyes on a bigger prize that we may never actually achieve nevertheless allows us to achieve lots of things along the way that are useful and important. Sorry, one. I have one last question, which is so – and then he leaves and then – are they, do they just do they say you have to be out of this room in five minutes or Secret Service is going to knock you out? Well, you know, well, they have uh, to take down all the equipment. Right. So the the so all the the photographers and sound men and technicians are taking down the equipment and we had to get out of there because I had to just go to sleep. I'd, I'd had like two hours of sleep and an average of about three hours of sleep the whole previous week because it was covering the Republican convention. So I, I was just like literally trying to survive, but uh, yeah, they're pretty happy to have you leave quickly. And he was at the time dealing with the terrorist attack or the shooting anyway, that they were worried was a terrorist attack in, um, in Germany. So he was very briskly moving to go, uh, be briefed again on that. He'd been briefed right before the interview and he was about to go be briefed again. So he was, it got, it got pretty serious really fast, uh, right after it was over. Um, so, uh, so there's a kind of like, okay, it's time to go now, everybody. That's kind of what happens when it's over. That's cool. That's great. So people should go, where should they watch that, John? Is it on there's, yeah, the com somewhere? face the nation. If you go to face nation.com, there's a, uh, the full interview is on there both the time in the dining room and the, um, and the Oval Office. Slate Plus, we will catch you later. Bye-bye.